Welcome to PodPod. I'm Rihanna Dillon, your host, and this week we are talking to the birthday girls. It's not actually their birthday, that is their podcast. It's Rose Johnson, BT Edmondson, and Camille Uchan. So they are a sketch comedy trio, and every week they do a podcast themed around a party, whether it's a space adventure with Mae Martin, whether it's a film night with Brett Goldstein, whether it's talking about babysitter parties. It could be anything and everything. Recently, they've decided to abandon having a guest every single week and are just kind of focusing on their own trio. So we're going to talk to them all about that and also just how difficult it is getting a guest every single week if you have a podcast with that format, as we well know. (laughs) Um, Joining me this week, we have Adam Shepard and Reem Makari, our regular contributors. How are you guys doing? Hello. Good. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. I'm really excited about the Birthday Girls because they are incredibly fun. Also, Reem, you talk about a comedy podcast that you listen to a lot. I'm intrigued. Which, what is it? What is this comedy podcast? It's called Seek Treatment. I feel like I've mentioned it so many times on the podcast and also I've mentioned it in a column that I recently wrote. And it's basically, it's been my comfort podcast since 2020 when I first discovered that I actually liked listening to podcasts. And it's two stand-up comedians based in New York just having a chat most of the time sometimes I have a guest I don't really like when I have a guest I much prefer when it's just them but they're basically my long distance best friends okay <laughs> I love that so much and is, is the idea that the more that you talk about them the more that you write about them the more hopefully aware that they'll become of your existence yeah maybe I mean like I did get co-tweeted by one of the co-hosts one time <laughs> so they kind of maybe they kind of know who I am kind of, that I exist please <laughs> nice Adam do you have a podcast like that that you listen to I have a couple of podcasts like that the beauty of of this job is that I have an excuse now to reach out to all of them and <laughs> go hello please yeah. talk to me <laughs> so there's a there's a couple that I've been kind of wanting to to get on for a long long time none of which I will spoil uh oh, now but they mostly tend to be writers or comedians doing the usual kind of similar to seek treatment the usual kind of nonsense chat podcasts <laughs> about nothing in particular yeah nice there have been quite a few things in the news recently uh, about spotify what's been going on over at spotify hq Well, so Spotify recently released its Q2 financial report, which usually would be rather dry dry and uninteresting, (laughs) all due respect to uh, any accountants that may be listening. But this most recent report includes an interesting nugget that Spotify spent multiple, multiple millions this quarter on terminating some of the podcast contracts that it had. So Spotify spent about thirty-four million pounds in costs relating to employee severance, content asset write-offs, and content termination costs relating to podcast operations, which in short basically translates to paying out fees for ending high-profile contract partnerships early. So that includes things like the podcast deal with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's production company Archetypes, which ended in June, I believe. Mm-hmm. And those contracts and contracts like that will include essentially a 
an early termination fee where the company pays out a certain amount in exchange for ending the contracts early. And so Spotify has spent a lot on ending that contract and others like it recently. And for me, this really underlines that celebrity-fronted podcasts, it feels like that boom is slowly fading. Reem, what do you think? Do you think that this is something that we're going to be seeing less of? Because obviously celebrity-fronted podcasts are so huge and that is so much of a a coup for a company when they have a a face that is a household name, very recognisable. And we would love to see more independent, smaller podcasters be equally as successful or equally backed in the same way by these massive companies. But is that actually a reality? I think if it comes down to Spotify, my opinion is that they're going to continue investing in celebrities because they like having Mm. these big names on their platform. Like they recently announced an original podcast that's coming with Trevor Noah. Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. there was the Louis Theroux one recently as well. And I think what's happening with Spotify, what we're seeing more of is that they're um, removing the exclusivity of these podcasts. So they're making them more accessible across multiple platforms. Like the Emma Chamberlain podcast has become less exclusive. The Trevor Noah one is not going to be exclusive. They've done that with Gimlet and Podcast Podcast. So it's that's, I think, where they're heading towards more. I would love it if there's less celebrity podcasts and more mm-hmm. independent people being amplified by these big production companies. Mm. But I think, unfortunately, like I don't see that trend changing anytime soon with the preference for celebrities, especially now with the SAG mm-hmm. after strikes, like they're going to be taking advantage of that now if they're not yeah. considered part of the studios. That would be very interesting to see how that develops. Well, obviously this week we're talking to the birthday girls all about not having celebrity guests. <laughs> um, so let's get into our chat. Camille Uchan couldn't be with us, but Reem and I talked to Rose Johnson and BT Edmondson from the birthday girls. Welcome to the Birthday Girls. Well, two thirds of the Birthday Girls, Rose and Beatty. Hello, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having us. Hi, hi, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be a kind of part of the Birthday Girls pod because it is always the party that you want to be at. Um, <laughs> and I sort of feel like, despite us recording at nine thirty in the morning, I'm going to take that as a, as a you know, that's yeah. still a party, right? This it's is fine. this is the after after um, after yeah. party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listeners, what you don't know is we actually, yeah, yeah we actually started recording at nine pm last night, and uh, yeah. this is so we've gone absolutely insane. <laughs> we've been up for twelve hours. <laughs> um, I I can't believe that you guys have been going. What is it for? Sort of like five years now. Is that right? That seems insane. What is it five years? <laughs> yeah. I to be honest, we're just gonna have to trust you on that. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> Yeah. You've recently shifted to a new sort of format, but kind of going back mm-hmm. to the very early days of the birthday girls, what were your original aims with what you wanted to do with the podcast? We had a live show that was quite kind of wild and chaotic and sort of party vibes. And we wanted to bring that to podcast form. Yeah. So that was like a kind of comedy sketch show we did. I mean, the first series that we did or the first couple of series were with BBC Sounds. Mm-hmm. And I would say Ames, overambitious, <laughs> way overambitious. <laughs> like we would record in each other's houses every single week. So we'd all go mm-hmm. to each other's houses. And then yeah, sometimes we would also go to like a location. Like we, would, we went and did a camping podcast 
and we went to mm. Epping Forest. Wow. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, this is a podcast. They don't care if we're there or not. We could just pretend we're there. <laughs> yeah. Why are you in Epping Forest? What impact did that have then? Because that sounds like it was very time consuming, right? It was, yeah. <laughs> but it, it did give it like a certain feel. Yeah, like for example, like there there was stuff that happened that was really funny. Yeah. You know, like, so we did one party that was like a limo. Oh my God, the limo driver. We did an episode okay, in a limo. Yeah, with Josh Whitcomb. We were making it with a production company, so we were not self-producing at this point. So they'd booked a limo and this guy turned up at my house to pick us up. <laughs> he knocked on the door and was like, can I just use your toilet? And then he came in and did the smelliest <laughs> shit I have ever smelt. Oh, no. And then it was like we all had to get in a limo with him. And we were all, and, and also like we were immediately mm. leaving with him, but my husband was still at home. So we just <laughs> left my husband. <laughs> With this disgusting stench. <laughs> but, and, and so I suppose, and then that was really funny because like we were recording the podcast, the limo driver was there most of the time, but there was one point where he like got out of the car to walk around or something and we all had to be like, oh my God, we have to tell you what's yeah. to happen before this started recording. <laughs> and that, that kind of thing, I would say, yeah. you can't yeah. you can't fabricate. I'd say no. he picked me up first and when I got into the car, he was eating like a massive curry. And I was like, okay, it's like the morning <laughs> and he's having like this huge, like, you know, out of those big polystyrene dishes from like a, you know, dirty takeaway sort of about. 10 a.m. in the morning. Oh, oh my God. So you literally tracked the shit from... Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. This could go either way. <laughs> oh, God. But can you imagine if you'd booked a limo not for this purpose? You'd, you'd been like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to travel there in style. And then he turns up and is immediately like, I need to use your toilet. I'd be asking for my money back. I know. Insane. I feel really sorry for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I guess we want to get onto the, the shift away from the BBC maybe a bit later, but because we we are in the middle of season seven and it's the first season yeah. where you've decided not to have a guest. So tell us why. It's too much admin. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, because, you know, like both Camille and I have kids now. So it's a lot of timetable working around and like childcare and blah, 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 blah. And it's, we had like a spate of people canceling last minute and then having to rebook and then schedule nightmares. I think we'll, we will still do it occasionally, you know, have the occasional mm -hmm. guest, but I think we've developed enough of, you know, experience as podcasters ourselves to be able to do it just us three. Yeah, because I think we got to the point with like the admin and like BT said, it was, it's scheduling that's the yeah. nightmare mm. when there's already three hosts yeah. and then there's somebody else's schedule. And if something else comes in, you know, one of us has got to take it, you know, it's, it's just very difficult. And then like when you're recording a long series, you know, you can get to the point where you're like, we don't have an episode to go out this week and it's mm. really stressful when you've when everything's sort of scheduled down to the wire we tried to kind of get ahead with recording but sometimes you just can't or you catch up with yourself yeah and then yeah it would just be kind of I think it basically had got to the point where we were like this is unsustainable mm -hmm. as it stands like we can't 
do this the effort and the reward is not it's not it's not worth it <laughs> yeah and then I guess yeah Camille was the one that really had the idea I think yeah she sort of suggested it and first of all BT and I were a bit like mm, we're not sure but then actually we've done a few episodes without a guest mm-hmm. out of necessity when we're like we don't have one to go out this week and someone's dropped out last minute I think we actually did a one called last minute party yeah, because we, did. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to do this and actually they worked really well and I think the feedback as well that we get before this happened would be like we love mm-hmm. hearing the three of you mm-hmm. we love because we do for our Patreon content we do a bonus episode every month called an after party which is just the three of us and people often you know our patrons often comment that they, they love those ones the most mm-hmm. so yeah. I think I was initially worried because I was like, you worry that if you don't have that draw of like a, a kind of bigger name or yeah. something different and interesting every week, people won't be interested. But actually, I think when you reflect on it, that's not why people listen to podcasts. Right. I think people will mm-hmm. listen because they want to hear the people they've built a relationship with and they want to catch up with them and spend time with them. So, yeah, the feedback that we've had has actually been like, people are like, we actually love this format. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, no one, no one's gone, get the guests back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Still time. <laughs> I was going to ask about the listener feedback based on that, because one of my favorite podcasts is a comedy podcast. And I feel the same. Like they've been through multiple phases of like not having guests on anymore because of busy schedules. And mm-hmm. I always go like, oh, well, I, I love the episodes that don't have guests because I'm here to listen to the hosts and their relationship. And I want to hear updates about their life. And the guest is like an added bonus, but it's the least of my cares you know when I'm actually mm-hmm. listening to the podcast yeah. how many hosts does that podcast have two okay yeah so I think as well part of it is with us there's already three voices mm. yeah. which is quite a lot to kind of fit into and make sure everyone gets heard and I think actually then when you add a guest into that as well I feel like BT I don't know if you feel the same sometimes I'd come away from an episode either it would record like two hours long and you're yeah. like this is Emma can't Hell. do this keep doing this <laughs> our, produ- Emma, our lovely producer Emma can't keep sifting also through all this stuff our lovely producer Emma <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so either it would like run way too long or you would sort of feel like I am having to cut this short or I am having to like get on with the stuff we've got planned and mm-hmm. because there's loads to get through and everyone's got something to say so I hope that now actually there will be more space for us to just go down those lovely little like tangents. Yeah, exactly. There's a a review for your podcast that I'm going to quote because it's very funny, which says um, that it feels like chatting with your slightly dysfunctional friends at 2 a.m., um, which, I, <laughs> which I thought was really great. And honestly, like, a it's, a, it's, a very, yeah, it's a big compliment. But when, um, just to go yeah. back, when you had guests on the podcast, because you had that dynamic and obviously you've been friends for a very long time, did you find that you had to kind of change your dynamic or tone a little bit when you have guests on just so you can make them more comfortable did they did they come on to the podcast and just like didn't know how to you know it's like getting invited to a party and then I think exactly that I think also there's three of us and we know each other so well that it can be quite hard to get in word in edgeways I think so if we had a guest who was slightly like reticent to speak or you know a bit nervous 
I think in the beginning we found it hard not to just blah, 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 blah. But we had to sort of learn to kind of get them to talk more. Because <laughs> I think we yeah. have a tendency to just fill those silences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think as well it, it would depend on how well we knew the guest mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Like we started off really only booking people who we were quite, tight with yeah. like so we already would have a shorthand but then obviously you know six you series in people, yeah. you run out of people <laughs> you're like we can't have friends yeah we can't have may martin on for a fourth time <laughs> but like certainly i think for guests who don't know us that well or we've had scenarios haven't we bt where like there's been a guest who some one of us knows really well mm. and the yeah. other two don't know at all yeah, And I think that can be hard for someone to come into and harder for us as well, because it's like you're trying to have that, you, like you said, relaxed chat with dysfunctional friends when you're meeting someone for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> you become a bit more self-conscious. You're like, oh, God. Hide my dysfunction. Where do the audience come into that? Because, you know, like if you kind of have a, a clique of friends and then somebody new comes into that and you're, you've got lots of in-jokes and you have all history with this other group and then you're constantly explaining all those jokes to that mm. new person, which I mm. guess in the early days at least was the audience because they didn't know you from way back when. So did you kind of feel like you had to kind of keep going back to, oh, sorry, we're just talking about X because of X. Yeah, yeah. we have a joke that I'm grey man, but I don't have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds harsh. That is so harsh. <laughs> Listen, it's all good, clean fun, okay? <laughs> but yeah, we had to explain that quite. We, whenever it came up, we'd have to sort of re, re-explain. Yeah, that I don't have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the audience clearly don't have an issue with that because you have, you know, such a kind of strong legion of fans. Do you feel like they are constantly in on the joke or actually it doesn't matter if they're not? I think they are. Sometimes people send us messages on Instagram being like, mm. ha ha ha, Rose, you've got to see this. And I'm like, I don't yeah. even remember what that's about. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're remembering stuff that we've talked about. And I'm like, yeah. Huh? Like someone sent me BT. Do you remember in that? Do you remember we did a bread party once? Yeah. We play games on our podcast where it's sort of like a competition where it's like we're all having to pitch something. Basically on Instagram, someone was like, ha ha ha, Rose, I think you should get credit for this. And it was like a video of somebody in London where you could like buy a giant croissant. It's like this giant croissant that's like huge. Oh, like I've a seen big, that. And then I suddenly was like, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh yeah, that was my invention in that podcast. And it's just, it's so funny that people, so I think actually, I think that is what people like about our podcast is that they can feel involved in this bizarre, idiotic law that we've like created over, (laughs) you know, all the series. They're like, I think that's a virtue. I think the audience like that, that they're, Mm-hmm. I certainly like that when I listen to podcasts, like when I can feel like I'm in on the joke mm-hmm. and I'm part of that story. Cult, some would say. I've just written a column about this, actually, that's talking about my parasocial relationship with my favorite podcast host. And it's yeah. also, again, a comedy <laughs> podcast. And I genuinely do, do feel like it's a parasocial relationship because I'm like, yeah, I want to hear your daily updates. Like, I want to hear what's going on with your relationship, yeah. what's going on with your job. Like, even if they don't know who I am and don't know that I exist, I'm invested. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. When you were booking guests before, how was the process like and what were some of the advantages and disadvantages of going through the whole guest booking process? 
we mostly just booked people that Rose was mates with from the stand-up circuit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, lot, a lot of pressure on me, I would say. A lot of pressure yeah, on me yeah, yeah. to be getting out yeah. there making connections. Because I, I don't have any friends, we found out. BT. <laughs> I've got two friends and I make a podcast with them. So. <laughs> and for more of this kind of hilarity, do tune in to Birthday Girls House Party. <laughs> It's basically BT having an absolute existential spiral every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was sort of the problem in that we didn't really have like, mm. it was very, it's just difficult when you're booking people on a kind of like peer to peer basis. It's not like an official channel. You're not going through a, I mean, sometimes we, we would go through agents, but I mean, that was even more very of a rarely. nightmare, but mm. like, yeah, it would just be very informal. Like it would be sending a text and I don't know. I I just always would f- like just get anxiety leading up to a, a record. Like you'd send an email to them with the prep stuff, and if they didn't reply, you'd be like, "Oh god, <laughs> they're not going." And you send like such a like bre- try and make the breeziest text, being like, "Just check, just checking, you're still, just checking, you're still on for tomorrow." <laughs> you know, it's just stuff where like say a guest is like oh sorry can we start like 45 minutes late or something I need to do this and I know that like BT's childcare is booked only until a certain time and it's just that thing where it's kind of like oh god I guess the advantage of it was like like I said it meant that that way of doing things meant that most guests it's not like we were booking people who are total strangers to all of us you know it was like all the guests we had someone knew and could have like an in but the disadvantages yeah hugely outweighed it and that it was just like an administrative nightmare but I mean when you get a good guest though it is just a dream like that's true get big big laughs when you get someone really funny like Alison Spittle hilarious yeah and we had um Tamsin Kelly who was she just made me absolutely die So yeah, Yeah. like for sure, we'll have to see how it pans out because the no guest format, we haven't actually been doing for that long. We might run out of like (laughs) stories because that's the thing, I guess with a guest, they've got loads of their own stupid Mm -hmm. stories and we've got limited anecdotes and our audience probably heard of them all twice, yeah, maybe three times. (laughs) So you're talking about like just anecdotes that come off the back of the stuff that you're talking about, but what about the parties themselves? You feel like Mm. there are a finite amount of parties that you can have and the inspiration. Can't can't be, no. No. Can't be, can't be, can't be. No way, baby. That that, that shit's getting more obscure by the day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What's the most kind of obscure, kind of Mm. out there, really reaching ones that you've done so far? Probably be one that Camille Camille suggested. BT did a pyramid scheme party. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. I did suggest a period party the other day. We might do that in the future. (laughs) Camille's definitely done some mad ones. Christmas shopping party. Yeah. Uh, Just some very sort of... But to, to be honest, Camille's mad suggestions are normally less the actual theme and more the games mm-hmm. right, within right. the party. She starts with the name first and then works yeah. backwards. And often <laughs> there's no logic whatsoever to what she's come yeah. up with. But that's, yeah. again, part of the fun is like us taking the piss out of each other for like the mad stuff that we've come up with. So, OK, so wait, let's do each of you. So, BT, what is your process then when you're picking a party? <laughs> Oh God, just absolute reach into the depths of my <laughs> brain. <laughs> it's more desperation because I do leave yeah. it to the last minute. I will be mm-hmm. doing it, you know. Yeah. Very last minute. So I might just uh, wing over a text mm. night before <laughs> saying, um, what about this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, actually the last one you did, 
Babysitting. We did a babysitting party and the second game we were supposed to play, she sent an email the yeah. night before, made absolutely no yeah. sense. I spent like 45 minutes trying to make it work. And then she bloody emailed us being like, I've actually just sat down to do this and it doesn't make any sense. So I'm changing it. And I was like, Fuff. I've just, I've just spent 45 minutes rearranging the lyrics to a song. Oh yeah. no. Well, that sort of, yeah. it kind of brings me to the point about scripting, because if you have a, a guest, do you have to do sort of less scripting because you, you don't know them, they could go anywhere. And when it's you three, do you find you have to have to have it a bit tighter? We we have like the set games that we mm. play and we sort of prepare, you know, a spiel or, I mean, m- most of it is kind of off the cuff, especially when I've prepared it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's always useful to have those points to come back to when it has gone off the rails you know to go like right let's do something else yeah that's on the theme it's i'd say it's less scripting and more like just finding a framework it's organized fun (laughs) yeah that's what it is organized chaos (laughs) disorganized yeah yeah i'd say that hasn't really changed since having a guest because we're playing the same games we would still like the the first game we normally play is normally like a kind of it's like a presentation style game so it'll be like say for the babysitting party it would be right you've got to pitch yourself as a as a babysitter the best the like you know the best new babysitter like what's your style like what the games you're going to play what food you're going to make for the kids blah 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 and i and so those things we would always prepare in advance a persona a character a funny thing but I think for me, the real humour comes in ripping apart each other's pitches, like <laughs> in being like that's deranged. But we can do that as well as, if not better than a guest, for just for each other. So, yeah. Do you discuss yeah. any of them before recording the episode, or do you just leave all of that until you're you press record? No, it, it's it's better when it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually, like, it's very rare that we overlap. Like, it's it's weird. Mm. Like, we you'd, you'd think for some of them that there would be loads of, like, we'd come up with the same idea. But that actually happens really rarely. We were talking earlier about the fact that you've moved over from the BBC. You had the first two series at the BBC and then kind of went independent. So thinking about that, I've got quite a few questions about that, really. But I suppose initially, did you find that, you suddenly had to take on loads more work because you brought it sort of more in-house or actually were you already doing a lot of that beforehand? No. No, we weren't. We were doing absolutely nothing. We were just living living the high life, getting paid by the BBC to make a podcast. But yeah, so then we we did start editing it ourselves, didn't we? No, we we went from the BBC to another independent production company who would produce it for us. So again, like that, that move didn't mean that we suddenly had to do loads more work. But then when we moved to being fully independent, that was quite a big shock because we started our Patreon, but it takes a while to build up enough support to yeah, fund. Yeah, we should have started it when we were at yeah. the previous yeah. one, really, shouldn't we? we? We took too long to start the Patreon, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had like a few... Was it like a series, I think, that we did? We all edited it all ourselves just so that we could catch up on the Patreons. Mm -hmm. And then 
got Emma back. Yeah, we like, so we started off. Help. We started off, <laughs> and we when we went fully independent, we started off by saying like we will front, we will pay out of pocket for a producer, and hopefully we'll build up. Yeah. But then basically, we were like, "This patron's not building up. Like we're we're paying loads of money, right, and we can't. Yeah, yeah, we're losing money. Mm-hmm. And we were prepared for that to start with. But then we were like, we can't keep doing this. We need to like the patrons kind of needs to build up. So yeah, mm-hmm. B, like BT said, we had I think a series or two where we edited it ourselves, and I would say that was a living nightmare. Right? Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, there was one. <laughs> episode that oh yeah and Camille bless her she's not the most tech savvy and no. um, there was one episode that went out that just ha- she just um she just got rid of my track oh, no. oh, so for some oh, of it no. so some of it there was just big blank spaces and everyone going like uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> really um heightening my gray man complex <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of the vocals and also in the middle of the whole podcast wasn't there just 45 seconds of complete silence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> intermission and then like the music just came on like <laughs> <laughs> but then did you had this kind of audience then from bbc sound so was it quite hard to bring them over with you to the new stream yeah because they wouldn't give us the feed yeah right. they wouldn't give us the feed so we had to change feeds so mm. there is two separate birthday girls house party feeds, which is mm. did it change your um, tone or format at all? Moving independently, yeah, it was very liberating because at the BBC, there's a lot of stuff you can't say. You can't say anything about the Queen, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> which I thought was weird. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, probably probably with good reason given yeah, the recent yeah. events. <laughs> but yeah, they had weird compliance mm-hmm. stuff mm. that is not really in line with like our vibe Mm. (laughs) so we would often find bits that we'd really liked had been edited out Mm. so it was really liberating to be able to swear and to be able to say what we wanted and say controversial stuff and also obviously when you're on the bbc you can't say anything that could be deemed like irresponsible really Mm. you know Mm. But so now that's we're telling the kids to drink and smoke twenty four seven. That aspect of it we really liked. Did the listeners respond to that really well? It was quite a long time ago, but I feel like we did get messages of people saying, like, yeah, we really like the new, you know, we like the new format. We like mm-hmm. how you're doing things. We're so lucky to have like amazing supportive yeah. listeners. And that's really what keeps us going. I think we, you know, when mm-hmm. you just get the odd message from someone who you can tell the podcast means a lot to them and it's like sort of got them through a hard time or whatever. Mm. But I also just love it. You know, we have listeners that say they, they just keep listening to it all the whole back catalogue and then they just, when they finish, they just start again. Yeah. And I think that's like the highest compliment you can <laughs> yeah. get. Yeah. Because you started this podcast at like, you know, a time in your life, which in the future you were going to be having some quite massive life changes. Mm, Two of yeah. you have now got children and, mm-hmm. you know, there have been marriages and everything in between. How has that sort of reflected your audience? Because I guess when you were at the BBC, was that Radio 1 related? Was it sort of linked to Radio 1 or yeah. was it just BBC Sounds? Yeah, it was. So it was Radio 1. So that was a kind of really like a youth radio station. <laughs> I say that having worked at Radio 1 yeah. and like aged out at like age 24 <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I think that's the reason they dropped us is because our listenership was too old. Right. Which is very odd because we get a lot of young like people in their 20s, early 20s and whatever, who do listen to us. And I also yeah. do think teenagers don't listen to a podcast in general, are they? 
I, I don't Dad, know. do teenagers listen to podcasts? <laughs> Reem is our closest thing to a teenager and she's 24, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's hard to know how that's reflective of our audience because I think our audience is made up of lots of different demographics of people. I don't think our audience is one specific age group or, like, social strata. I think what's interesting about that is that, for me, if I was a listener, that would be an interesting thing to follow because your hosts are evolving and changing you're mm. not just listening to people who are set in their life and that's it and you're gonna they're gonna be sort of talking about the same things all the time you know hopefully it's an interesting thing to listen to people who are moving through those life stages and giving advice based on all the terrible mistakes we've made during them <laughs> <laughs> i suppose if this was a, a podcast that was fronted by three men i would be asking the question about the female demographic so i guess i'm going to turn that over to you do you have men that listen regularly who kind of feel part of your gang as well yeah loads yeah loads of the messages 50 50 messaging i'd, really? say. I'd say yeah Ooh. definitely on on yeah. patreon like the responses we get on patreon is definitely there's a lot of guys who listen think it is pretty much 50 50 girls and mm-hmm. boys girls and boys yeah. <laughs> men and women <laughs> yeah because i also think that our humor probably weirdly almost is more it's very juvenile like it's yeah. it's probably more like classic classic kind of stereotypical male humor i don't know maybe mm, that's interesting your background as well like you have a professional background as comedians do you feel like with the podcast you don't have to be like you have less pressure to be intentionally funny like you're not like for example like uh, is it different than when you're doing stand-up or acting oh yeah for sure like I I do stand-up it's completely different because you're not it's a podcast the nature of it is it's sort of free flowing it's not prepared and the humor from stand-up and also the sketches we did would come out of jokes that we have written Mm. but this is humor coming out of just general conversation and a relationship although I would say that a lot of the humor in our sketch group people always used to say to us the best thing about your sketch group is the relationship you have between each other and seeing that on stage But yeah, I don't feel like I'm approaching a podcast with the same nervousness and need to deliver as I do when I approach stand-up. I also feel like with a podcast, you're not trying to get a laugh every five seconds. And to be honest, when I listen to podcasts where people are trying to do that, mm. I find it really off-putting. Yeah. I want to hear natural conversation. I want to hear people's genuine relationships and that generating humor. And I don't think for, for me, I'd prefer there to just be five minutes of chat with nothing funny in it. Mm. And then something funny naturally coming than us trying to make something funny out of every yeah. 30 seconds, you know? And sometimes the most general chats you'll find, like people reveal the most unhinged. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. normally Camille. So much more funny exactly. than a joke. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, it's kind of guaranteed that Camille is going to come out with something completely just alien <laughs> yeah. in an episode at some point. It is like she's been dropped here from another planet sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the just outlook that she has on life and the things that she doesn't know. You go like, how how have you gone through life yeah. and become a successful human being? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and that's really lovely because that is so reflective of my own friendship group as well. And like even like you, I think I can't remember which when you were talking about it was the horses one and you one of you, I think maybe it was come out that says something about, um, oh, just after a tursory look online and you were like, do you mean tursory? And like it just sparked this and I found that hysterical because that's, I don't know why, but it's just that wasn't obviously a deliberate joke that wasn't a different comment but yeah it was brilliant yeah Yeah, you let camille talk for long enough something like that will come out (laughs) what is it she used to call um earwigs (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah she thought earwigs she was calling earwigs igwigs igwigs yeah (laughs) (laughs) penguins or whatever he he can't say penguins You were talking about, you know, in the early days, you kind of you got your your group of friends on comedians, especially that you're really tight with. Is there such a thing as guest fatigue, especially with comedians? Because you sort of see the same comedians on the same panel shows or they'll be doing the rounds because they have a book out or whatever. And they do oh, that. Yeah. Do you did you find that that was becoming part of your guest booking scenario or actually did it not matter because your your podcast is so different from so many of the other formats out there? Yeah, I think that's a bonus to the format is that you can get something out of a guest that maybe they wouldn't be doing in just a normal interview. Mm. So, yeah, I totally you agree. Know, if you come at a guest with, you know, your idea to be a nanny. <laughs> yeah, try and promote promote your book all you want, but also you've got to judge. You've got to judge which out of these made up theme parks is the best that we're yeah. going to pitch to you. And two of them are poo based, so you're going to have to decide between. Them. Like, do you know what I mean? You can't. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think that species right. It's like what we're doing is incredibly pointless and esoteric. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's yeah, that, and, and I think for me, that's the beauty of it is that it's just purely there for whimsy's sake and. It's like, it's like a parlor game, I guess. It's not a serious interview. Yeah. And then yeah. I suppose to flip that, when you used to have so many guests on, did you feel like you then had to guest on their podcast? Because everybody has a bloody podcast. Was that ever a kind of, was it like a quid pro quo <laughs> thing? And is that now out of the window because you don't have guests anymore? Do you know what? Not asked on a lot. Not asked back on a lot, are we, BT? <laughs> no, no, no. Of course, you and Camille went on Trusty Hogs, but... Yes. Yeah, but that was just because you couldn't do it. You're yeah. busy. Oh, yeah, we have guested back on people's podcasts and I'm always happy to do that. Like it does that's not an issue, but I'd say that wasn't we weren't we weren't being like we're absolutely inundated here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The opposite in fact. Guests on your podcast. Do you like guesting on other podcasts? Like do you do you feel imagine like- if we said no now? We've just been on your <laughs> podcast for <laughs> hate, it. hate it. You're actually having the worst time of your life. <laughs> I do like it. I'd say I, I do find it more challenging than doing our podcast because exactly what BT was talking about much earlier, in that if it's a podcast with a couple of hosts, yeah, you feel like you don't have a natural relationship it's like mm. I don't quite know where to slot in or and I don't want yeah, to like wiggle your way in I, yeah but I no I do love it because also <laughs> I guess in, in in our podcast we have very clearly defined personas it's like yeah. Camille's the alien Beatty's grey man and I'm <laughs> just 
the boss kind of thing. Um, So so then for me, when I go on other people's podcast, it's, I I sometimes find it weird because it's like, obviously I can't go on there and be the boss Mm. because it's Mm. not my podcast (laughs) as much as you would like to. (laughs) Yes. And I do try. (laughs) But you know how you were saying that, you know, you, you might go out to Epping Forest or you might've done all of these things in the early days, which obviously was in person. And then once the shift to Zoom happened, obviously partying is by its very nature, supposed to be an in-person thing. Podcasting actually works quite well not. How did you find that sort of combination? Yeah, interesting. Um, I I kind of miss the in-person thing. Mm. I I think that really gave it a bit of a, I don't know, it's it's easier to be off the cuff when you're in person, I think, especially if you've got bad internet connections like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, although I would say that Maybe there are aspects of the party element that we did in person that actually probably didn't lend themselves mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. well to podcasting. Like we always like used to bring snacks. each other gifts. <laughs> yeah, we would make food and we would always bring each other a gift. <laughs> and it's like the the physical reveal of that, you can't yeah. do it on a podcast. You just have to describe yeah. it. And so I think personally, actually, moving it to Zoom means that it is you have more, to be more like audio friendly. Yeah. So we sort of cut oh. some of the elements that we were like, a bit like superfluous mm-hmm. that you feel like you had to do if you were hosting a party in person on Zoom. Mm. And, you know, when you say party, this is... It, we we take we play very fast and loose with this okay mm-hmm. this is a lot of it is completely off topic not a party at all just us talking about what weird shit's happened to us that week so yeah. the best it's more just a very loose theme around which to hang insanity you know yeah. <laughs> i love that phrase you've mentioned your patreon a few times how do you choose which content goes into the patreon and which one goes on the main podcast so we always do two games and the first one is sort of the presentation style game. That is generally like the main pod one because mm. that's sort of, it's really Easier. easy to think of one that's on theme and it's generally the, the funniest one because each person gets to sort of put all their content into it. Um, and then the second game is always just a wild card and it can mm. be really great and it can be really terrible. So <laughs> but in a good way, terrible. When it's shit, it that's also funny because we then make a virtue of ha- taking the piss out of whoever came up with it like I, I think we <laughs> always try and you know it's like we can always make it into but actually you know like bt said sometimes there will be times where the funniest stuff mm-hmm. has happened in that second game where like yeah. just the gold and and like I, I, and then we're still like, no, no, it would still always go into the, the Patreon because it's like, sometimes you're going to get an extra special reward, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also I would say, I mean, really, in terms of the chats, we normally put a bit of chat in the, before this, you know, we put a bit of extra chat in the Patreon as well. And actually our producer, Emma, she decides really, because I think it's like an editorial thing a lot of the time when it's like what flows, what chunk can kind of come out and go there but also like she'll often put stuff into the patreon that is potentially libelous <laughs> she'll be like i'm gonna i'm gonna put, i'm gonna material. take out the stuff that could get you sued i'm gonna put that in the patreon <laughs> only people who are paying can get that the extra spicy that's a good incentive <laughs> 
Mm. And also we do an, an extra episode a month for patrons as well. That's just oh wow, us talking about life's big questions. Yeah, it's called it's called the after party. <laughs> like like what? Yeah. Oh, could be anything. Yeah, if you could be anyone else in the world, who would you be? And also, um, what is your favorite sandwich? <laughs> yeah. So, so that is life's biggest questions. Is, yeah. Camille's are normally deranged. They'll either be like, "What's the meaning of life?" or "Coffee or tea." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then our listeners will sometimes send in questions they want us to answer on the podcast, which is really good because it means we'd have to come up with them then. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> you are like a, a consumer of podcasts yourself, like your fans. Do you have podcasts that you listen to and feel like you yeah. know the hosts really intimately when you've never met them? Yeah. What's that one you went to go see live, Rose, that you love? Yeah, so I was really into My Favourite Murder. Oh I God, listened to that from murder. like really yeah. early and was like so involved with it and I've seen them live twice I actually don't listen to that anymore I think in the pandemic I just was like do you know what I don't need any more horror yeah <laughs> I was I, I just yeah. don't know I really I just went off it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so so yeah I don't I don't listen to that that anymore actually and I think the podcasts that I actually weirdly favor now are more documentary style ones Mm -hmm. so I don't Mm. actually listen to many kind of comedy podcasts or ones that have got like where there's lots of host banter I'm more I'm sort of actually more interested in like listening to podcasts that are nothing like our one Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know what I mean that's a really good point or the Mm. yeah I guess also because the comedy industry is like fairly small so especially yeah. the uk one and most people who make comedy podcasts are people that we know and it feels weird creep yeah it feels creepy it feels creepy like, just like tuning into your friends secretly yeah. like yeah yeah <laughs> listening to their work yeah you mentioned that you are going to occasionally have guests on it's not obviously going to be very regular yes. but when you do you know what in your mind makes a great guest on your podcast someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously someone who's able to like get involved in our inane banter and like you know isn't going to not isn't going to but is going to like find the same tempo quite easily Mm -hmm. and isn't afraid to yeah like reveal very embarrassing (laughs) degrading stories from their past very quickly into the podcast (laughs) yeah yeah that's really our thing is um actually we got a review once for our um edinburgh show and it said camille uchan will stop at no length stop at nothing to debase and degrade herself for a laugh (laughs) (laughs) and and then i think next the next year we put that on our poster we were like yes yes thank you thank you amazing i love that um rose (laughs) bt thank you so much for joining us it's been a real pleasure to chat to you and be thank you you're welcome anytime thanks for having us thanks for having us So those were two of the lovely birthday girls, Rose and Beattie. And it was quite interesting because it felt like there were a lot of voices on this particular recording, which was actually really nice, very energetic. But I can imagine if there had been three hosts and then one guest, that would have been quite overwhelming to deal with. And we might, you know, we've obviously had to do this in the past ourselves where we've interviewed a team of podcasters. How do you find it, you know, in relation to just having one guest on? 
we've had previous episodes of Pod Pod with you know three guests and also like earlier on in the pilot stages, the the very first pilot, I think had three interviewers plus yeah. guests on as well. I wasn't part of these episodes, but I remember just listening to them in the studio as well and and like kind of getting confused and mm-hmm. it, it's hard to keep track of. I think we've done it well sometimes. Like the my dad wrote a porn episode went really well. The drunk women solving crime. Like it's not that it's bad. It's just that mm. It's a one hour episode and you have to balance, you know, everyone getting enough time to speak. And if you have one question, that means it's going to be answered by three different people or two different people. And, you know, with birthday girls, they're also very energetic, dynamic hosts. So also mm. having that <laughs> friendship and energy and then bring, uh, trying to balance that with having a guest, like I can imagine how difficult that would be. Yeah. Adam, I sort of feel like the conceit of having a different theme every week is obviously a really fun one. It's silly, it's interesting, and it brings up lots of anecdotes. But actually, it's kind of like a MacGuffin, right? Like there is, it's not Mm. really ever about that. It's just getting three people in a room who know and love each other and just chatting shit. Absolutely. And that's that's the joy of podcasting. And that's what ultimately will bring people back is the chemistry between the hosts, as you say, is it is quite a sort of loose, loose device at this point, And they don't really stick to it that much. But I suppose they have those games, don't they? And the games are the things that are always tied to the theme. So that's, mm. so it kind of doesn't really matter about the chat because the chat will kind of be so tangential, but then you have the games, which immediately kind of tie it all together which I think is quite a clever way of doing mm. it without ever feeling like repetitive. I'm kind of curious what would be your um, dream party theme <laughs> based on this episode? Ooh. <laughs> That's a really good question because I feel like they probably covered most of them. Have they ever done a biscuit themed mm. party? Because yeah, biscuits, Ooh. I made I made Mike do, I was like playing a game, just like playing a computer game the other day and he was just sitting next to me and I was like, can you just test me on biscuits? <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> you found a biscuit quiz. I just really love biscuits. I love talking about biscuits. The most English sentence I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I would definitely have a biscuit themed party. And all of my friends who know me, I think would agree that that is a very like perfect party for me. What about you? I don't know if you've seen the Barbie movie. There's a montage at one point of uh, depression Barbie. <laughs> yes. Depression Barbie basically <laughs> sits and 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 watches Pride and Prejudice and oh, and, yeah. and it's it's honestly like I think almost every single woman in that cinema would relate to that Barbie. So I would love to have yeah. a party that represents that. <laughs> nice. It's so funny how I feel like every woman either clutched their friend or partner and went, Oh my god, it's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, what about you? I mean, you've got biscuits, you've got depression Barbie. It's really tough. I think for me, it would be jelly. Jelly. Oh no. Oh, that's a much better idea. <laughs> oh, what did you say? I was going to say chili. Oh, chili. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely going to take jelly though. My immediate thought with chili just went to that like episode of The Office of like Kevin spilling oh, a pot of chili. Sort of chili. <laughs> like Kunkani. Kunkani. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like this is wild. All forms of chili. Chili party. I would not come to that because I am terrified. I can't eat chili. So I would steer clear uh. of the scotch bonnets. The jelly <laughs> party. I'd be there in an instant. Yeah. That, that sounds much more whimsical. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, I would say let us know what your party would be, but that feels like very Alan Partridge. Um, so, you know, <laughs> don't. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to the birthday girls for joining us, Rose Johnson and BT Edmondson. And of course, to Reem McCurry and Adam Shepard for chatting to me this week. You can find out so much more on podpod.com. Do sign up to our daily email bulletins and follow us on social at podpodofficial. The podcast is produced by Emma Corsham for Haymarket Business Media, who got lots of very, very deserved shout outs in that podcast. And I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon, and I'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.